0: Hey everyone and welcome to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. Welcome back to us after two weeks. Feels like two weeks around about the right cadence for us to have now. Yeah. Probably not enough happening for every week to do an episode, so listeners or listener, you know who you are. Every two weeks, you can probably hear us in your ear Indeed, in Indeed,
1: <laughs> on average. I mean, sometimes we go like, uh, you know, those those stretches where we'll do one a week for like six weeks or yep. seven weeks, and it's like, whoa.
0: Look at us. We're professional.
1: We've banked enough yeah. to get us through the next six months with yeah. our uh, with our average sometimes. Yeah. But
0: yeah, so we've got a bit to talk about today. A bit to talk about today, but how are things with you? How is... How's your training? How's your work been? You've got a you've got a uh, a work story you wanted to share with me that you teased before. Oh uh, yeah, whilst we well, were off mic.
1: Yeah, well it's funny. It's I, I was talking to um, a gentleman who's a member of my gym, and he was just he was asking me about, you know, heart rate, and, you know, he was like, "What's a good heart rate for me?" And I asked him how I was. Like, "How old are you?" He's like, "Oh, I'm I'm forty. I think he said forty three or 44.
0: Okay, it's about my age. About, yeah,
1: and I yeah. was like, "Look." recover like for what you want recovery heart rate just build you know just to build some uh endurance aerobic capacity just sit at anywhere from 130 to 140 is going to be good for you and I was like well you know when i get on the bike um you know I, I can sit at 130 if i go hard but if i get on the the treadmill and i jog for you know <laughs> easy it's it's all the way up at 155 um and i was like well Obviously, you know, and this is this is good for everybody out there who doesn't really put this together. Uh, you know, the bike is obviously much lower impact. I, yeah. I said to him, and uh, you know, it's going to be harder to get your heart rate up because you're not you're, you're removing basically all that force. So when you get onto a treadmill or, or go out and run, you know, you're putting all that extra impact on. It's gonna it's t- gonna take a bigger toll. On your body, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." And mm-hmm. and so, what what when I when I run, should my heart rate be going down as I get fitter? I was like, "Well," and this nice. is also kind of like, yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> I use myself as an example. I said, "Look, at an easy pace, I'll go 138 to 140 heart rate, right?" But if I'm in the middle of a training block, mm-hmm. I might not see that number, you know, get any lower for the same pace. I might even see it get higher for the same pace because I'm in an intense training block so it just depends on where you are in your training if you've just had some recovery yeah you'll probably see that you know you, you, you'll you see that you can go faster with the yeah. same heart rate or a lower heart rate but it just depends you know it, there's so much into it um, and then he was like what should my heart rate be sitting at for certain things I was like well that for that and he's like well what if I'm at 155
0: is that good And I was like well it depends. It depends.
1: It's like, like, it,
0: at, it, like, are we talking about for like an easy recovery run type thing? Exactly,
1: and that's exactly what I said yeah. to him. I so said, "Look, you're obviously not a runner, not mm-hmm. not because he's asking these questions, just because I know him as a gym member. He's not a runner, okay. but but I, I said to him, look, um it, yeah, it depends.' So for your age, one fifty five, yeah, that's a good heart rate if you want to like, basically.
0: I just look now. So I'm I'm forty four. Yeah, and on my training level, according to Garmin, they say that my aerobic heart rate range mm. is 138 to 157. I'd say that that's pretty yeah. high.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, well,
0: I mean, see, for me... That's for aerobic. So my easy heart rate range okay, is go. 118 to 137. Oh, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. So... Uh, and so aerobic is where you're developing your cardiovascular mm. benefits. You're not building the muscles for speed. You're right. building the the long endurance. And
1: exercise. that's it. And it's like you kind of fall into that. In that, like in that, like one fifty 150 to one fifty five for him, it might actually even be a little bit of a uh, almost a,
0: close to your threshold.
1: Well, yeah, mm. but before the threshold, it's like a gray zone. It's like it kind of it, it holds your stamina. Mm. It doesn't necessarily help you do anything in terms of. Uh, you know, speed or aerobic capacity, but it does help you burn calories. Mm-hmm. And you're right, you're 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 approaching that threshold. So I was like, look, if you train there, you're going to burn more calories throughout the day after you're done, after 15 to 20 minutes at that heart rate, than you would say training that same 15, 20 minutes at a 130 heart rate. Like yeah. you might burn an extra 500 calories throughout the day if you're working that hard.
0: It depends what your goal is. Though. Yeah. Like if, that's yeah. your, if your goal is to burn calories, then that's better. Exactly. If your goal is to develop endurance, you don't want to you be don't running want to be doing at that. close to threshold pace the whole time. Right. Because you need those long, slow, easy kilometers, those easy miles, and also for recovery.
1: That's it. Yeah. So I, for his for his intents and purposes, I was like, look, you are here to, you want to burn calories and burn fat. Go 15, mm-hmm. 20 minutes, 155 to 165 heart rate. It, like, see how you go. Uh, and do that. You know, after your workout, whatever. But if you want to build stamina, that, that ain't that ain't no, for you. that
0: ain't the way to do it. And that's the dirty secret, which we know as runners and all new runners fall into that trap. You do your easy runs and your recovery runs too fast. Yeah. Everyone always does their easy runs and recovery runs too fast. Mm-hmm. And recently, I've really been concentrating on running my easy runs easy. Like, I'm talking... I remember you a couple of months ago were talking about how you were doing your heart rate training where you were Mm. trying to stay under 135 beats per minute or so when you were doing like easy runs and recovery runs and your times were like 645, Mm. 657. And I've started doing that myself. Like when I do easy recovery runs, trying to stay in that easy zone as per the heart rate. And, And yes, the Garmin wrist mounted heart rate monitor is not an exact science, but it's an indicator. Yeah. And That's how slow you need to run. To Mm. actually do proper heart rate training and run in that easy heart rate zone, you gotta run slow.
1: And that's it. And if you supplement that with the right quality work, one or. Are you okay?
0: I'm fine. The dog is not. The dog has just come rushing in. He's Um, in play mode. Yeah, um, we could, we were here before, we were doing a very good job, talking with a straight face, but in the next room, we could hear a squeaky toy getting absolutely massacred. So. <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to hear that, but I, I kind of hope they can.
1: Um, but yeah, so like, it, like it, 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 it worked, like if you supplement that real slow running with some good quality days, one or two mm. days a week, like I was running those 6.45, seven minute kilometers, and then I ran... A marathon with an average of a 520 pace. You thought so. So, so you're right. Yeah. Like, it's just, and, and it allows your body to recover, your connective tissues to build, and you're not punishing yourself five days a week, you know, which is where yeah. you want to kind of be. And, yeah. and we all fall in the same trap. Like, right now, in terms of my own training, uh, there's a couple things at play. Like, I, my motivation's kind of in a weird place because my heart rate's running really high, and that could just be because I've been working so hard without a break. I spoke to Kirk about it. He, he says, get some blood tests. You might be low in iron. Yeah. Uh, just to, based on the symptoms that I'm telling him. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, I, you know, if you don't give yourself a break, and I really haven't in the last year and a bit, that's that's what happens. Like, yeah.
0: Your and immune I'm, system breaks down. Yeah. Recover, your ability to, you need to practice recovery. Yeah. And yeah. then,
1: like, if that's what happens, like, you start to make up for what you think you're losing. So, it's like, yeah. in my mind, I'm like, shit, my... my my easy um my easy pace is because my heart rate's running high my easy pace is my heart rate's running even higher yeah so instead of allowing myself to slow down and just concentrate on my heart rate i'm still keeping that same pace which isn't which isn't great because at the end of the day i'm not necessarily when i'm working certain heart rates i'm not necessarily training a pace i'm training a system yeah so like if i'm especially in recovery i'm not training a pace there i'm training a system so if i'm going too fast and the heart rate's not doing what it's meant to be doing even though i'm going at the same pace that normally would be my recovery pace it's going to set me back and that's kind of a hard pill to swallow you're
0: not meant to be training your running form and your running technique and your muscular development in those runs you're meant to be training your heart rate and that's where you've got to listen to the heart rate and just ignore the speed Mm. ignore that and just you know Go, okay. Well, I just have to run slower. Yeah. That's just what I need to do. It, it is, it is crazy. Like, you watch the, I, I've been telling people when we've been at track sessions lately, you know, because I have been, people have been noticing how slow I've been running. Yeah. In my recovery runs and my warm up runs and my cool downs and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, well, watch what the Kenyans do. The Kenyans start so yeah. slow.
1: I mean, they build it up, but they start like at our probably. Yeah, fast pace but for them
0: (laughs) yeah they start and like we were talking about like sometimes they'll get out there and they'll do a 30k run and they'll start slow yeah and then every kilometre they'll just step it up 5 to 7 seconds a kilometre and they'll finish after a 30 kilometre run at 3 minute pace or something that's right but they'll start at 6 minutes and and they they just just, they just
1: settle into Mm. what it is that they need to settle and Mm. yeah I mean but imagine like if they're running I mean these Kenyans that run you know sub 3 minute kilometres for their marathon if they're starting at a six-minute pace, yeah. like that would be like us starting our run at like a nine yeah. or ten-minute pace. That's kilometers right. the pace, yeah. not miles. That's like a fifteen-minute mile. I yeah.
0: like a six-minute kilometer is a ten is an hour for a ten k. For a lot of people, that's a goal. That's right. Like, um, there was just recently the the Gold Coast Running Festival was on the weekend, and a few people I know went. Up there and travelled up to Gold Coast to do the ten k, and their goal was to go under an hour. Mm. So for some people, that is a, a massive achievement.
1: That was my first goal,
0: and and so for them to be able to run a six minute kilometre, they you know if they followed the Kenyan pattern, they'd be starting really really slow. Right. The Kenyans just obviously finish a lot different than we do. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and the Ethiopians and, and the Nigerians, and it's, like it's, yeah, yeah, all the, yeah, the Japanese actually Japanese not so much. Japanese don't do that. No. Japanese, from what I was reading about them, they just to into it. They train at ninety five percent the whole time. Right on. Like they, they
1: It's do... that kind of warrior mentality. Yeah,
0: it is. And and like there's Kenyans who go to Japan to run with the Japanese running teams. Like shock their systems. Well they've got like a corporate system there where you mm-hmm. can be corporate sponsored and all that. Um, and the Kenyans always complain that the Japanese don't warm up properly. They do static stretching. They do every training session at 95%. They're running on road all the time. Mm. So the Kenyan and Japanese mentality for running is very, very different.
1: Well, i, yeah. I got to say, if I were to side with one of those, I'd pick the Kenyans because, I mean, who wins the mm. marathons yeah. most of the time?
0: Well, it's, it's, it's uh, and I need to... We, sh- we should do an, uh, a book club episode. I'm going to lend you this book uh, called um, Running with the Japanese. It's basically... This, this guy did two books. One was called Running with the Kenyans. The other one was called Running with the Japanese. And so in the first book, he runs with the Kenyans. And so he goes off and he lives with them and trains with them for six months or so. And the second book, he goes and runs with the Japanese. And I've read the second book. And the second book has a lot of callbacks to the first book. But he was saying that statistically, the Japanese people in terms of their their height, their weight, their lifestyle, all of this stuff, they are pretty much the perfection you would expect from a marathon runner. Like, they, they they hit all the statistical norms that you want. And when you go look at what happens in Japan, on an average weekend in Japan at some of these corporate events they're talking about, they will get 50, 60 people setting a time that would be the equivalent of a top 15 time in the UK, for instance. Right. Like, you know, a top 15 time in the UK that's set a couple of times a year, they set it every single weekend in Japan. The problem is, is that... To actually become the best in the world,
1: can't eat that much sushi.
0: You, you, well, sushi, yes, <laughs> but you also—you—it's not the people who are, you know, the elite runners who are doing ninety-five percent or ninety-eight percent. It's the people who are going, who are setting the new hundred percent. And the Japanese as just don't have the ability to develop that outlier. Everyone will run a two-hour eight marathon. No one will run a two-hour seven. Whereas with the Kenyans. Some of them will run a two hour eight, some will run a two hundred four, some will run a two hundred twenty. There's more variability Mm. with the Kenyans, but that lets you have higher peaks. Whereas the Japanese, as a quote unquote nation, all run to like the same maximum level, but the ability for them to push back that and set like an outlier who is like better than that is very very rare. Sure, and so that's why you know the whilst you've got. People every single weekend in Japan running a time that would be a top 15 time in the UK. No one in Japan has run as fast as the UK runners because the UK runner has someone who's um, able to set a higher exception to the norm. So the, the Japanese runners run to a very specific mean that they're all very they all follow the same average thing. They're all very very consistent, which is great for consistent times, but not great for exceptionalism. Huh. Yeah, it's a it's a fascinating book. So I'll, I'll send it to you. And it speaks a lot about, you know, training routines in terms of, you know, running on trails versus road and how early you should start running and, and stuff like that as well. Sure. It's a unique book. I like that. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Um, so how's your training going generally? You said before you're a little
1: bit unmotivated, yeah, a, little bit, a bit uh, ick right now. Yeah, a little bit fatigued, a little unmotivated. And, you know, there's a couple of things at play. Obviously, I was I was very sick, uh, sick a yeah. couple of weeks ago. I did go to my doctor um, who, who reckons... Based on the symptoms that I've had, it could have been pneumonia. Really? Um, so that's, which is why I'm still feeling what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, said that the Kirk, he said also to just check out my blood levels, get a metabolic panel, check my iron levels, see what's going on there. Cause mm. that could be. Yeah. Um,
0: and you're also in rehearsal right now. Yeah. Which is taking yeah. up a lot of time. Well,
1: well it's funny cause I, I was meant to do cross training today and I did. I, I cut it about 20 minutes short because I had a pretty big dance rehearsal yesterday. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm beat up. Uh, my legs are feeling it. And I was just on the elliptical for 20, 25 minutes. I was supposed to do 45. But I was like, okay, with that. That's the other thing is I'm, I'm just, like, trying to be okay with everything because I know I'm not lazy. I know I'm not, like, a uh, um, uh, uh, an excuse maker. But, you know, I've had... The last couple of weeks, I've probably had more bad workouts than good. Mm. But the good ones that I've had are good. Like, yeah. like you know, I went for a, a, a workout last week. It was... Um, It was, like, 15-minute warm-up, then 400 meters all out, three-minute rest, then uh, four times 1,600 meters with three Mm. minutes rest between each, and then 400 meters all out again. And it was a good workout, Mm. like, 126 for the first 400, and then it was, um, like, 650, 648, 645 for the mile, uh, and the last mile kind of sucked. I did like seven seven forty five, <laughs> so I kind of blew up there. Uh, And then it was like a one thirty three for the last four hundred. It was a good workout, uh, yep. subjectively, especially with how I'm feeling. But then, you know, my my long run over the weekend, I just I just didn't. I, I just cut didn't. it. No, I cut it by half. <laughs> I was meant to do like twenty kilometers. I did like ten. Right. Uh, because I was just that tired, and I was just like. A lot of frustration mm. um, because I'm like not hitting the metrics on that particular workout that I wanted to. And I was just like, i just not into it. So I just yeah. cut it short. And, you know, that's fine. Uh, it's not great considering the half is next week.
0: Yeah, that's right. Run Melbourne next yeah. week.
1: But I've also, like, you know what, I've taken mm. the pressure off of that too. I'm like, you know what, I have the ticket. If I'm going to run it, I'll run it depending on how I feel. But if I don't, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, like At this point, I'm just like. Just take... I'm going to get up to that point And if I run it, great. If not, either way, after that date, I'm going to take like 10 days off yeah. completely. Yeah. Like no lifting, no running, just probably overeat a little bit too much. Mm. Just like get my body back to where it needs to be. Yep. Um, How does the
0: training for like the rehearsal for the show feed into what you're doing with your running? Like as part of being in a show and having to do dancing and singing and everything, do they expect you to... Train yourself to be different than what your running and weight training is like. Do they want you to do more because you're going to be doing dance training? That's going yeah. to be extra on top of running and lifting. How does that? Well, yeah. So work?
1: I mean, it's just it, it's just I'm looking at it as like a supplement right now, and it's like cross training. It's like cross Dancing training, is right? Cross training. Yeah, kind of like yeah. for example, like uh, on Sunday, um, we put we 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 had a like a six hour pretty much dance call. Yeah. Um, and you know, for those of you who don't know, Jersey Boys is not like crazy, dancing, all nuts. But there is a lot of movement and...
0: Choreography. The, there's
1: a lot of choreography and, it, you know, it d- does get your heart rate up. Uh, I So I put my cardio function on my watch just for yeah. the shit of it. Yeah. Uh, and every time we were dancing, out of the six hours, there was probably about four hours of dancing. Wow. Uh, I burnt like 700 calories yeah. on the Garmin. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, so I'm like, I'm tracking that shit. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so it's like...
0: Do they want you to... Get bigger, slim down. No, that, no, they generally care?
1: they generally won't tell you something like that in a show unless you're doing something really specific. Yeah, like I mean, it's all shapes and sizes really. But again, unless you're doing something really specific, like for example, Rocky Horror or something, Wrong. Um, and they're like, yeah, you're gonna play um, Rocky, so mm-hmm. you got to like stop eating bread, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, like be they want, yeah, exactly. This, they yeah. want you
1: to like look a, <laughs> like a certain way. Um, uh, you know, in terms of. Other physical features, it's not, they don't really uh, go into that. Uh, the one thing that they did kind of cast this show really well is all four of us are pretty much the same exact heights as mm. the original four seasons, which yes. is kind of cool uh, because you obviously can't cast Frankie Valley as like a six foot four guy because he's <laughs> notoriously sh- short. Yeah. Um, so our Frankie's like five eight, I think, or five nine. I'm um, obviously five nine ish. Mm. Uh, then Bob Gaudio is like six foot something. Nick Massey's like six foot something. So that's it, really. Uh, but no, they don't really discriminate discriminate against size. Um,
0: I was wondering that. Like if you were you know, training for the marathon, which is around about the same time. Like, mm. Literally, I think your last show is the day before the marathon. Yes, it is. Um, so if you're training for the marathon, but they all want you to get jacked for the show, that's not going to work. No, well, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what <laughs> if the they wanted thing. you to get, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, if, if it was
1: that kind of show, then I'd be like, boy, I mean, I can't right now. Or, yeah. I mean, well, it depends. Like, if it was, like, a show that's paying me 30 grand to do, I'm like, you know what? Fuck the marathon. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, <laughs> Which, as we'll talk about, is yeah, not Yeah, sure. well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, um, I think I've only been in... Two productions where my body actually kind of mattered, but those were film. It was film, mm. um, and they just needed a certain look on 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 uh, for the for the leading role. But yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, cool. How about you, man? How's your running going?
0: Yeah, my running's going well. Um, kind of the opposite of you. Like I'm, I'm I'm having a little bit of a purple patch right now. Where, really um I, I mean, think. Sorry, you go. I think I think a couple of um you know just just the way I've been approaching the training pretty much this year mm. in general. Like, I really did start training this year back in November last year, like after last year's Melbourne Marathon. I really started planning out the next 12 months from there. And so the first quarter of the year was obviously building towards some events in March. But then since April onwards, um, it's all sort of starting to come together. So last month, uh, June, was, was speed month, yeah. where I was like, I'm really going to take the... Interval workouts and the track workouts, and trying to do like my park run five k. Seriously, like I, I think one of the one of the things I've done in the past is that I'd go to track and I'd do track interval workouts, but I would kind of do them at my marathon pace. Oh sure. Which you know, we, the WinFit running group is a very open, accessible running group. It's got some very, very, very fast runners in it, but it's also got some very, very beginner runners in it. Yeah. And so what that means is you can go there and you can run at 455-minute pace and be absolutely smoking people. Mm. Like, you'll be getting blown away by some other people as well, but yeah. you'll be absolutely smoking some other people. And so it can kind of fool you into thinking that you're going fast and you're working hard. Mm. And this last month, I really started concentrating on, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to push it. I'm going to actually yeah. walk away from these workouts feeling like I've gone hard. Yeah. Um, and I think it's slowly starting to pay back. Like, we did um, We did 10 by 400 meters the other night uh, I think it was Thursday night or something like that and I was really really happy like all of them were between 330 and 345 pace nice um, for the 400 like, yeah. like I was j- done by the end of it like sure. I knew I worked hard um, I went out and did park run on the Saturday I got my 5K time under 22 minutes, which is the first time I've been under 22 minutes in a long time. Of course, because bloody Wyndham Vale Park Run course is an extra 50 meters longer, mm. I didn't actually get under 22 minutes for my park run time. Nice but, ass. but but I think it's close. Like I think I should be able to get under that maybe this weekend or in the next week or so, which nice. is good because I want to try and get down into the mid 21s, low 21s um, before the marathon. And everything's feeling well. Like you know, the the cross training. The, the strength training, the interval training, everything's holding up okay. When I went and saw my physio the other day, uh, lovely woman, really, really pushed into my glutes and my hips and all that sort of stuff and tried to really probe and find some weak spots, and there's nothing there. There's general soreness, but but everything's okay. So I feel like I've got a really good balance right now of cross-training and strength training and interval work and everything. The one thing that's happening now is with like 100 days to go until a Melbourne Marathon... The long runs are starting. Yeah. So I started I went out and did thirty Ks on Sunday. Sure. Um and, and actually did it properly like got up and fuel like had something to eat before I did the run. Yeah. Took a couple of gels during the run and, and got through it pretty easily. And so now that'll continue to build over the next two to three months or so. Uh but I but I'm probably gonna start taking Mondays as a rest day to recover. I think, you know, I don't know if I could... I tried... To, I woke up on Monday after doing 30Ks on Sunday intending to jump on the bike and my legs just went, no, no, you're, no, you're not doing that. That's fair. Like, I doubt I would have been able to actually ride up some of the hills on the way to work. So mm. I think until I get maybe for the next month or so, I might skip the Monday bike ride and just yeah. focus on some recovery. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all going well. I nice. think right now... You know the trajectory I'm on right now. I'm I'm sort of sitting there going 3:30 to 3:40 for the Melbourne Marathon. Yeah, but I want to keep getting better. Like yeah. I, I want to have the confidence to go. I'm definitely running with 3:30 and maybe start to think about 3:20 or something. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. Just. Like I like I said, if I could just get a streak of not getting injured, um, I think it would all come together, and it's it's slowly starting to come together now.
1: That's the, is... that's the best. case. Like that's that's how you improve. Is be- essentially being a good runner is putting a, a, together enough training consecutively mm. without getting injured.
0: <laughs> and 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 slow, like the ten percent rule. I've been following that. Yep. I've got a graph of the last sixteen weeks of training, and it's just like a straight line. Nice. It just slowly builds bit by bit by bit, and that's you know. The advice I'm giving my friend who's who's getting into running as well, I'm like... Oh, is that the 5K guy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, nice. I'm like, don't rush it. Take your time. You've got to take your time. You can only hurt yourself yeah, if you rush it. Yeah, because
1: if you rush it and you hurt yourself, yeah. it's too late. You're always going to be hurt. Exactly. Like, if you can just avoid that for mm. as long as you can. Because once you injure yourself, that will be a recurring injury. There's just no way around it.
0: It takes so long to get over recurring injuries. Yeah. It takes... You know, Maybe you never do. You know, exactly, yeah. It can take six months of stupid training to hurt yourself... And six years to fix it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, look at you with your IT band. Yeah. It took years for you to come back from yep. that. Yeah. Mm. And,
1: it, and it's still mm. like, mm. it's still like, if, if I'm not doing the right things, I still feel it. Mm. And I'm like, that's that's my cue to be like, all right, well, I better start doing the right things. And I, I can hold it off, but mm. it is always going to be something that's there. Yeah. Because I'm an asshole.
0: <laughs> um. So so it's funny this this conversation I might segue into our next topic because I, I was on the long run on Sunday. I was running with a with a guy who's. Uh, he's doing Run Melbourne next weekend as well with you. Right. On. Um, it's his um, third or fourth half marathon or so, and he was asking me and Coach Mark whether or not we thought he could come off the back of Run Melbourne and think about entering Melbourne Marathon, mm. which is you know fourteen weeks away or something like that. Yep. Uh, he's never run a marathon before, yep. but he's got a. Background in athletics. He used to be a boxer. Yeah. Um, so eight years or so ago, he stopped being a boxer, and then in the last couple of years, he started getting into running and everything. He's run a few half marathons. You know, we, he he did thirty ks with us on Sunday. Um, no problem at all. So I'm like, listen, you. In, in terms of endurance, you're smashing this. He's half doing thirty marathon. ks. He's yeah, ready for the marathon. Yeah, you're on. You've got you've got fourteen weeks to start tra- to to throw in a couple of extra long runs, and you're ready to go. The answers, yes. You will finish a marathon. So we were having that conversation with him, and he was like, yeah, okay. I think I might enter Melbourne Marathon. Mm-hmm. Well, Melbourne Marathon had different ideas yeah. because this week with 100 days to go and as far as I know whilst early bird entries are still open or were still open, the Melbourne Marathon has it's sold, sold out. out.
1: Yeah. It's 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 actually really funny timing cuz like two or three days before they posted that they were sold out. I actually posted in the Melbourne Marathon group, hey, everybody, this is for all those people who like to look for bib transfers, which aren't allowed on the mm-hmm. week of or two weeks before. Don't wait. If you want to like join the marathon, do it now because don't be the person that's a week out trying to find a ticket. Yeah. And there was another person who, 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 who posted in the group, uh, should I do it now or should I wait? And I commented on that. I'm like, do it now because it will sell out yeah. because bib... You, don't be flooding, because the thing that pisses me off, right, <laughs> about getting close <laughs> to the Melbourne Marathon is like two weeks out, three weeks out. It's like I would rather see useful information in that group, like people posting la- like last minute training ideas or or ideas of what they're doing with nutrition or mm-hmm. or equipment. Like you should have that stuff sorted already, but it's still fun to see that stuff. Yeah. Rather than it being flooded with, hey, does anybody have a bib that they don't want to use or can I get you to transfer my race? And that's not allowed anyway. No, it's they, like, they if, do it. no if you want to do the damn race, like register for it.
0: How many times <laughs> in like can you remember Melbourne Marathon actually selling out? Did it sell out last it year? It sold
1: out last year. It
0: sold out last year, but it sold out late.
1: It sold it's, out like, I think, like a couple of weeks before. A couple of weeks before. Maybe three weeks, four weeks before. And I
0: can't remember it selling out. This early? Well, th- well, I can't remember selling it out before that. Like uh, last year was the last time I remember it selling out. I think it sold out the first year after COVID or the first year before COVID? One of those. Yeah. Maybe. But it's not something that you've had to worry about. No, before. no, it doesn't like, usually sell out if like you, that. like if you've got your shit together, mo- normally it's, hey, early bird. Entries are closing soon. Yeah, make sure you enter the event before early birds close. And and most people who really want to do it get done then. Right. And then after that, it sells out. Maybe a little bit later once mm. you get into the later entries. It, it's funny because I, I like Melbourne Marathon normally has between seven about seven thousand finishers. Yeah, there's normally about for the full event for the full event yeah. for the full Melbourne Marathon. Normally about seven thousand people finish it. I read in a chat today that someone said that for Melbourne Marathon to have sold out, that means they've sold 9,500 seats. Apparently, the, the cap on the event is 9,500. Um, which means I don't think it could have sold... Like, to, if you have 9,500 entries, but you only have 7,000 finishes, that's an awful lot of did-not-starts or did not f yeah. did-not-finishes. That's, that's 25 to 30%. So it makes me wonder that either it's not 9,500 entries... Or nine and a half is this year's limit. And in the past, the limit hasn't been as much. I seem to remember 8,000 being a number in the past. Well, so they maybe did maybe they,
1: they, they did say that this was... Um, so for those of you listening, the, the other events are still selling, so you can do the yeah. those. But I did see that this was going to be the biggest event that they have ever had, which mm-hmm. tells me that if they're sold out this year mm-hmm. and they were sold out last year, obviously the cap for this year had to have been
0: greater than last yeah. year. If so this if last was a year was 8,000, then maybe 9.5 for this year makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, someone was saying, like, what what difference does it be 9,500 versus 12,000 and stuff like that?
1: That's that's a 25% difference. That's, that's big. That's, that's, that's big. A, <laughs> that's a lot
0: more portaloos you need. That's yeah. a lot more water you need at aid stations. That's a, It increases the chances of you finding someone who's not going to complete the course within six and a half
1: hours. Put it this way. Yeah. In the starting corral, you have such little oh. room. Say you can fit, I don't know, per square meter, five people. Yeah. Or cubed meter, whatever. Yeah, square meter. Imagine shoving, um, like, say, eight or nine people into that same. Me- that's the difference, yeah. right? So it's like, no, it, it's a big difference. Yeah, I
0: mean, if last year's or two people. Whatever. If last year's Melbourne Marathon was, let's say, seven and a bit thousand people entering it and in the starting corral, and now there's nine and a half thousand. That's an extra twenty odd percent more. It's going to be a big just this year.
1: yeah, just like just yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's a lot. That's a lot. So yes, an extra three and a half thousand people would make a big difference. A big difference. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't know how they. I don't know how they grow it from here unless they do. I don't know. Like you, well, you can't yeah. de- delay the start because they only have so much time. Well, so
0: Toronto. Like when I ran Toronto, Toronto did waved starts. Yeah. So they let because Toronto was twenty five thousand people. Sure. Like that was massive. Like um, and there was as many people in my wave start at Toronto, as okay. is in the Melbourne Marathon. Sure. And it was like they, you know, the elites and the, the first wave starts at 7, then the next wave goes at 7.20, then the next wave goes at 7.40, and the final wave went at 8 o'clock. But that means you need to leave the course open for longer. Well, Which that's, means that's the more that's the logistical and, thing. Yeah, it's a logistical it's like thing. Yeah.
1: Melbourne is not a it city that can do yeah. that. No, not right now. I mean, not a course it has. No, no, exactly. Like because mm. the course goes through the main parts of Melbourne. Yeah. I don't know what the course is like in Toronto. I don't know what Toronto's like in terms of city size, what mm. it's like. Um, but you can't. I mean, you. Yeah, it's just it's just logistically almost impossible to do it in waves. I mean, I'm sure they could if they wanted to, but I
0: don't know. Well, I think that if they wanted to introduce waves, then they'd have to really have a good hard look at the course and try and find a course that doesn't shut off basically the entire south half. Yeah, well, yeah. Like if you're in the south part of Melbourne and you want to get to the north part or the west part you need to do a big loopy detour well that's, like there is that's no it way to I mean the,
1: the only way I can imagine because what is Toronto a big loop or is it like a, a, Toronto
0: a... is you start in Toronto you start in the centre of the city and you run up for a little bit and then you come down and you run out along the very south part mm. of the city and so basically it means there's, you're right on the water there. So there's nowhere there's no one south of you True. trying to cross you to get north. Yeah. And if you're east, west or north, you can kind of just go around the city. Mm. Whereas with Melbourne, it cuts a because, line yeah. straight down the middle it's of like the you city. you can't do it. You, so yeah, you'd
1: have to change the route for that to you happen. you have to and change
0: should... the route. And, and, and once you change the route, then it, it's a different Melbourne marathon. Yeah. You can do a whole lot more with it. You can get rid of the five-hour cutoff that turns a lot of people off and, and so forth. I saw someone... In one of the chat groups, talking about it, going, "Oh, I can't believe that they've um, run out of entries." I was going to do my tenth Melbourne this year. I'm like, "Dude, if, if you- it
1: you're wrong, bro. If yeah. it was a
0: milestone,
1: ma- sorry. Yeah. If it's a milestone marathon, you're the first person to get a damn ticket. Yeah. Why would
0: you like? You've I mean, done nine of these, mate. You know, you, how you know better it works. than that. Like, yeah. I'm not
1: like nobody would have foreseen that it is sold out this quickly. But if it was that important to you, yeah. like." I entered in April. Yeah, I did ent- yeah. too. I think I entered like within a week of you. Yeah. Like, I, I might even have entered before you, but.
0: Yeah. If you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. Like, sign up, get the early bird, and all that sort of and stuff. And it's like, mm. you know, too bad, so sad. You mm. know, if it,
1: if you're not going to sign up for it, what, I don't know, man. Like, yes, it sucks that it's gotten sold out, but you've got sort of no one to blame but yourself mm. because the only thing you can control is you clicking that register now button you yep. can't click uh, you can't control how many people are going to do it before yep. you so you better get in there fast yeah
0: and Rob, well, listen where we are right now 14 weeks out this is kind of the limit you want to be making a decision well, yeah, like, to enter and start training like you should know what you're doing by this point i would yeah. i would say
1: mm. that if you're serious about entering the marathon of any place mm. 16 weeks should be your cutoff. Yeah. Like, if you don't enter it by 16 weeks, A, you probably don't have a... I mean, you can train for a marathon in less than 16 weeks, but if you're serious about doing it, oh, you, you'd want to be starting... If you're not
0: serious enough to enter, you're not serious enough to do the training properly. No, that's a good point, too. Yeah. That's a good point. So, if you're going to do the training, like sitting there and going, and I have done this in the past, I have sat there and gone, oh, I'm not too sure how I'm feeling. I'll do the training and I'll see how I feel six weeks out and eight weeks out. for. You know what happens? Because I haven't entered... I don't do the training properly, and then six to eight weeks out, I go, "Oh, I'm not ready to do it." Yeah, and you accept. You know ex- right? ex-
1: yeah, and you mm. accept that too. It's like you know, you um and ah, and and the other way to look at it is like you umming and ah about it, and all of a sudden it's sold out, and it's like, well, you know what? That's the universe telling me it's not. Mm. I'm not going to run. But if it's like you're not umming and eyeing and you know you're going to do it.
0: Yeah.
1: What are you waiting for? What are you th- waiting for? The I mean, f- I, I, prices I,
0: aren't going to get cheaper. No,
1: I mean, I get it. Finances, and maybe you don't want to yes. spend the hundred and fifty dollars to run the thing. Mm. But it's only, A, going to get, yeah, it's only going to get more expensive. Mm -hmm. And B, like, figure it out. Like, you know, $150 is a lot of money, yes. But, you know, if you really need to do it, sacrifice something.
0: Well, if you don't want to pay the $150 to enter the event during the early bird fee and get in, what are you doing complaining that it's sold out? That's a good point. Like, it's not for you at that point. yeah Like, so so I think... I mean this is we have to go back to this is unusual. It's selling out yeah. over a hundred days before the actual event is is pretty unheard of, especially if they have lifted the entry field by a significant percentage over last yeah. year. And, and in that you
1: know, in that ca- in that sense I do kind of feel hmm. a little bit of compassion toward the people who didn't enter, but hmm. it's I don't know, it's just like it's hard for me to I don't know.
0: So we so we, we spoke brief we spoke then about like, you know, could you change the event to let more people in or do waves or everything. I think we agree that would be a fairly fundamental change to mm. the way that they're going to do it. Um, in terms of like the you know the biggest marathons in the world, the Abbott Majors, which up north Sydney is competing to try yep. to become one of those. Yep. They have fields of you know 20, 45,000. They have um, you know in some cases multiple wave starts. And, which, a, and a ballot system. Which I don't understand
1: because Melbourne has always kind of bragged about it being the biggest event, mm. marathon event in Australia. But it's kind of like not. Well, it's
0: not Sydney just ticked over 10,000 entries.
1: Yeah, so like...
0: so, and, and there's no sign of them saying there's a cap on yeah, that event. So, because if Sydney's going to be an Abbott World Major, it's going to have to be regularly accommodating 15,000 people, you'd think, to make it viable think, for yeah. them. Um, so do you think Melbourne should go to a ballot system? If they're going to cap it at nine, if the, let's suppose Melbourne is capped at nine and a half, it can't get any bigger. They don't want to change the. You mean like a lottery? Like a lottery, like no,
1: Boston. I don't because it's not a it's not a world major. Like if it was a world major marathon, I would say if it was like an Abbott major marathon, I would say yes because obviously Berlin does that, mm. Boston does that. Boston definitely does uh, well, Boston does does the qualifying times yeah. and the lottery. And a yeah. um, I think. Uh, London, I can't remember if London does that. I think
0: I think they do. I think, I think most of them. I don't think Germany does. Berlin is like massive. Berlin's like sixty thousand people, and it's but huge white streets. But I'm street pretty. Uh, I like, think there's a lot of. I thought it was a lot. Let me see if Berlin Marathon has a lot. Please think, hold. Okay. And
1: I don't know if I don't think Chicago is, and I don't know that New York is. I, I oh, know no,
0: New York does. Does it? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, New York. Really? Does. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Huh. um, um but, no, I, if it's not a major... No, oh, Berlin Marathon does have a lottery. I, I thought correct. so. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Uh, and New York definitely does. Sh- I'm sure it does. Let me just double check. Um, so, you have a 16% chance of getting into Berlin. That's not great. London is 4%. That's not great either. Yeah. Um, let me check New York.
1: Um, but, no, yeah, I, I don't think a ballot system for Melbourne because it's it's just like, sorry, but you're too small of a marathon for that. Like... I
0: mean... There is a New York Marathon. Uh, odds are 16 to 18%. Okay. Yeah. And it is a lottery. It is a lottery. Right yeah. on. Um, no. No, I don't... I don't, don't think they... No. I agree with you. I mean, I think it's... So what that means is if they're capped at 9,500 people and endurance running and marathons are becoming more and more popular, that means it is going to run out earlier and earlier. It's going to sell out earlier and earlier. Should they get rid of early bird pricing? Um, no. No, because, I mean, I think they should still... The reason they do early bird pricing is yeah. to get people to sign up so that they know they're going to have enough people and they can plan the event with some I mean, conference.
1: yeah, I mean, I guess in that sense, mm. if they're not going to do a lottery, maybe, maybe, maybe to even up the playing field, they mm. do get rid of early bird. Um,
0: uh, it but... feels a little bit like profiteering. Yeah, it's but... just
1: kind of like, mm. though, yeah, it's kind of like then, at that point, it's like you're punishing the people who are better prepared. And yeah. that's like not fair either. Yeah. Um, so it's like, why should I have to give up my uh, perk because you can't sort your crap to sign mm. up earlier?
0: Yeah, because early bird pricing is a way for them to say, hey, I understand we've got a permit to do nine and a half thousand people. But if only five thousand people are going to turn up, then that's going to drastically change the amount of water, the amount of cups, no. the amount of medals, the amount of bananas, but there, all that, that sort of stuff. I don't think they're ever going to have that problem. So not anymore. It doesn't seem like. I think but
1: now maybe then instead of like dates for because the early bird has always been this yeah. from this date to this date. Just do uh, x amount. Yeah. Just do four thousand or five thousand early bird tickets. Yeah, just, that's a good idea. Do you know first,
0: what I mean? first thousand people get an early bird that's entry. A, um, and then if you after that, you just pay a normal price. That's it. And yeah. to be honest, that's
1: kind of what I thought was going to happen. Like, when they said that the Melbourne Marathon was sold out, I was like, oh, they're surely talking about the early bird tickets, yeah. so they're going to put full price tickets up soon. But nope.
0: No, no, they're just gone. And so now they're saying that you can enter a waiting list, and if they open up um, any more tickets Yeah. Um, away they go. Now, some skeptics are saying, of course, they're going to open up. They're going to you know want to sell as many tickets as they can. But as we just talked about, logistically, it's not possible. But you know
1: what? Those same st- skeptics are probably the idiots that aren't going to put their name on the waiting list and yeah. get hosed and then complain
0: about it anyway. Yeah. And idiots. then try and do a bib swap thing that doesn't actually... Exactly, exactly. Actually so yeah. whatever. All right. Well, I think it'll be interesting. I mean, I've got my entry. I've got Sydney. I've got Melbourne. It'll be interesting to see how Melbourne feels after having done sydney and
1: probably and, and probably um smaller smaller and yeah. harder. Is sydney f-
0: No, sydney's got some hills. Does up. it? Yeah. Okay. So the first half of sydney's meant to be very fast, but sure. then the second half has some hills.
1: What's well, kind of like melbourne? Yeah. Like like yeah, I hate the second half. No, not the second half. The second half of the second half of melbourne sucks. Yeah. That last 10k sucks. I think, um, and I hate everyone
0: (laughs) from thirty-two kilometers. Don't talk to me. Exactly. Um, I am starting to think really hard about doing Canberra next year.
1: I think you would really enjoy Canberra. It is it is a scenic one. Mm. I love that city. Uh, You know, I've only been there the one time, but I really like the way that it's laid out. It's a nice scenic marathon. Oh, hey, buddy. Uh, I'm talking to Cal, and that's Zach. Um, (laughs) I'm right here. (laughs)
0: Oh, Cal has to go on it mic, is okay.
1: not a marathon that I would say that you're going to set a PB at. No. But it is a fun marathon.
0: Yeah, I just, I really want to do, like I've done Gold Coast, I've done Sydney and Melbourne. I'm like, I, I need to get the Canberra one so I can draw the line between them and say oh, I've yeah. done the East Coast of Australia. Yeah. Hey, listen, whilst we're ranting, you finished talking about Melbourne? Yep. So I want to talk about something that happened uh, on the 24th of June. So on the 24th of June the long-standing parkrun world record that had stood for nearly 11 years that was set by a gentleman by the name of Andy Baddeley. He had set a parkrun world record of 13 minutes, 48 seconds. His uh, world record was broken by a gentleman by the name of also Andy, but Andy Butchart. Um, He ran at the Edinburgh parkrun a time of 13 minutes, 45 seconds. God damn so the park run world record was broken 13 minutes, 45 seconds. Mm. Here's my problem. Okay. Andy Butcher, an ex-Olympian, had represented Scotland at the Olympics twice. Mm. Um, obviously a very, very good runner. Um, last represented them in the Olympics in 2016 or so. So six years or so off being uh, an Olympian mm. uh, in the run and so forth. Like It was his first ever park run. And I don't know why, but it feels weird to me that someone would come to Park Run and run their first Park Run ever, as quite obviously an elite runner, yeah. with the intention of breaking the Park One World Record. I feel like it shouldn't. It should be the Park One World Record should be set by someone who has been trying for a while, who is a yeah. Regular, it's kind of yeah. yeah. It's it's one of those things I have where a real I'm problem like, with
1: it. it's kind of like. I think this kind of goes back to what I was talking about with Robert Killian a couple years ago. I don't even remember, but where he, he's an elite uh, Spartan athlete and he went yeah. with the age groupers and basically won. Yes. And stood on the podium, took the medal away from another uh, age grouper and of, yeah. uh, won. And I'm like, I'm kind of like in two minds about it because I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like... I, I don't know. It's it's like sh- should like Olympian elite athletes be disqualified from a parkrun world record because it is like it is a it is a pu- like a. I say a, yes. It's a public thing, right? <laughs> it's like average runners, but at the same time, I'm also like, should is it fair to them? Mm. I don't know. It's a hard one. Kind of in my mind, I'm thinking that this guy went. He went for his one park run. He ran the he fastest, never, yeah. and then he never goes back again. He's I'm just gonna, like,
0: Haha, screw park run. I'm going to have a massive problem with that if he never comes back and never runs park run again. Because what's the point? I'm never going to get a PB again. Yeah. Like he doesn't even get PB against his name on park run. He gets first timer. You know, because it was his first park run. Sure. So he's done one and one. I mean, the the, the world record for five Ks is twelve minutes thirty five. So it's still a minute 10 seconds faster than this person has done at Park Run. So to me, that says anyone that is competing in the next Olympics for the 5K, the 5,000 metres of the next Olympic, could come to Parkrun and set a new world record. But they're not. No. They're, they're training for the Olympics. I think there should be a 10-year statute of limitations. If you have competed... In the Olympics, at the 5K or 10K, or if you competed in track and field at the Olympics, you can't count as a parkrun record for 10 years. There we go. That's that's the rule I would that's make if I was in charge. That's what I say. But, so who this world record before this guy was who? Uh, Andy uh, Baddeley, who also... Was an Olympian. Okay. I must admit, he because because I guess yeah. my next question would be, but he's a regular park run. He's on a YouTube channel called the Running Channel. Oh, yeah. um you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess my question would be like,
1: if you're setting a world record for an event, whether it's park run or a, 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 a run Melbourne, like who's going to be setting those records other than Olympic athletes? I well, guess is ironically. the thing. Unless you have two sets of records, like. Olympic record and... Uh, well, like, uh,
0: at Spartan, you've got Open, mm, you've got um, Age Grading or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I guess. Mm. But then then,
1: then I guess it sort of messes with the spirit of parkrun.
0: That's my problem. Because now it
1: becomes competitive.
0: Parkrun is meant to be... Like, parkrun has been emphasizing park walk and inclusivity yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I don't like the idea of elites dropping in, setting the... Like, what I would hate to see is a... The park run records start to get smashed every week mm. because a whole bunch of elites come in and start trying. Well, that's to
1: it. it. Like the the <laughs> successful park run has an average time that goes up every week. Exactly. Uh, 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 of all the runners, yes. the average time should be going up because you're getting more people there who just there to have yeah. fun. But it's like, no, we don't want to discriminate against, uh, discriminate against slower, mm. newer runners. But then we open up the can of worms. Well, if we're doing uh, the opposite, and we're preventing these people from doing uh, world records, are mm. we now discriminating against someone who's the fast?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a no-win situation. I don't know. We I, need
1: Captain Kirk.
0: I've seen very little controversy about this. It's, I feel like I'm on an island on this one. It seems universally accepted that him coming in, sitting in the per- park parkrun record after it's been like that for 11 years um, is a good thing. I mean, um,
1: but what's the alternative? Nobody ever breaks it. Because nobody's ever going to run a 13-minute...
0: A battler breaks it. Some, someone like maybe um, someone like a younger runner who started off running as a junior runner and they train and they train and they train and then eventually they get to their early 20s, mid-20s and they've been going to park. They've got 250 park runs, Andrew. They wear that 250 park run t-shirt with pride and then one day this runner goes out there and sets the park run record after spending years as a junior runner. Isn't that a better story than some Olympian coming in? Yeah, but that guy hasn't shown
1: up yet. Well, and I would argue that if and that, now
0: he has to run an, even faster. <laughs> and I,
1: I would say if that guy shows up, he's probably qualifying for the Olympics po- anyway. Possibly. So I guess the big difference is one guy's been in the Olympics and the other well, guy hasn't yet. He
0: might not because look at I me, mean, like I said, if, if someone came in and ran a 1344, that would still be a minute 10 slower for the 5,000 meters at the Olympics. Mm. And you know how long that would be. That's a lap. Nah, that's a, good that's point. a lap. So, so you can be the. So faster. this guy was not
1: a great Olympic runner. Well, he's six years off. He's being, kind of an average.
0: He's six years off to, off, off representing Scotland. So he's kind of like he's yeah. kind
1: of like the uh, uh, um, uh, what's that character's um, name from Dodgeball? The, oh, the uh, whatever. I don't know.
0: Insert something in post. It's fine. you are not going to do that. No. I won't. Yeah.
1: He's the uh, average Joe's of the Olympics. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so so I mean yeah, that's my thing. Is just, I just know, yeah, I, I I urge you, Andy Butchart. This is my call to you directly to you Andy and I know you're listening go back show up and do it again like don't just be one and done yeah. front up you know what maybe volunteer mm. try and get your volunteer credit yeah I mean well. I guess
1: that's where I'm coming from like I don't have a problem necessarily if he breaks the record and he's an Olympic but I, I guess I I would have a problem if he just went to one broke the record and never went back just just to be a jerk just be like yeah I broke this record nobody's ever going to beat it and I'm not going back that's not the point yeah that's not cool no
0: the point is yeah, you've got to go off and complete your little park run bingo yeah
1: because in that sense I agree with you it's like that record should be held by somebody who actually does park run I'm going to say
0: it he's not a park runner damn he's not a park runner and I know park, certainly not a park I know Anyone's meant to be a park runner, but I don't think you can be a one and doneer. Well,
1: he's a park runner with a capital P. Yeah, yeah. Because so. park run, of course, is supposed to have a lowercase p. I don't know why that is.
0: Um, the only other thing I found funny from this is uh, he ran. So his age group was uh, male, thirty to thirty-four. Wow. Yeah. He set the fastest park run ever. For some reason, the age grading only gave him a ninety-four point three. So the age grading metric suggests that there's another 5% faster you can go um, in parkrun. Maybe it's basing that on the world record. Maybe it's... Sitting, oh, the actual world record? Yeah. Like the actual, of the world? The actual Not track. Run. Yeah, you know, okay. The track. Maybe it's sitting there going, well, the track 5,000 record is 12 minutes That is interesting. So uh, this person running 13.45 is technically only 95%. Maybe... i maybe, uh, I bet, bet you
1: who would know the answer to that or have an insight, Andy would. Yeah. Because he, he, like... He knows everything about everything. He
0: would probably crunch the numbers. Yeah. he's just smart generally. But yeah, I
1: bet. It, yeah, you're right. That doesn't make mm. sense. Like that should yeah. be, like, if you're the world record, mm. you're in the you're 100.
0: Yeah. Odd. It's odd. So I think it must be basing it on the theoretical maximum that a human. Being but do you know what? Maybe
1: do. it's just saying like, you know what? You're an Olympian dude, so we're gonna take that five percent away from you. So maybe they're yeah. they're actually going with your argument. Maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the algorithm. Like, we're not gonna board. give you that five percent because yeah. we know you've been in the Olympics and we don't like it.
0: Prove me wrong, Andy. Turn up. Do another couple of park runs. Get your 50 t shirt.
1: Get your 50 t shirt. I still yeah. haven't gotten my 50 t shirt. You haven't got it? No, I've got my 50 volunteer. Yeah, okay. No, I haven't. I've got my 25 volunteer. Yeah. I've got my 25 shirt. I think I've done like 36.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I just never have time on a Saturday anymore because.
0: No, you're off and out. Oh yeah and I'm sleeping yeah <laughs> so. that will also get in the way <laughs> <So>. yeah <laughs> funny that is, how that is yeah that'll happen yeah. Uh, do we have anything else nope that's it we've ranted I um, good rant episode that was a good rant episode yeah. yeah that was fun lots of people are wrong yeah people who missed out on entering Melbourne wrong All wrong people who do bib swaps wrong wrong Andy setting a world record park on in his debut? Wrong. Totally wrong. Everyone wrong. You're
1: the worst person in the world.
0: Yeah. right on. But we're the best. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, everyone. Look, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Breaking the Barrier podcast where we hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We hope to catch you out there on the roads, the trails, and the treadmills doing just that. And we will catch you next time.